Welcome to the Subject to Revision podcast. In a society marred with cancel culture, we hope to be a beacon of light. It is here where we will share stories of forgiveness, redemption, and new perspective. We will use our experiences to remind us all of the human condition, one where mistakes and grievances are the seeds of growth and change. Together, we hope to poke through the dark veil of condemnation and show the light that glistens on the other side. Hi, Reed. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Mark. <laughs> I warned them that that's how we were going to start the episode. <laughs> and I just went right into it. Three, two, one. Hi, Reed. Um, thank you for for stopping by and doing this thing, um, which uh, is a thing. It's cool. It's um, It's been a supplement for me for some of the stuff that we're more used to because I can't get out as much due to COVID. Um, so this gives me an opportunity to have like really healthy conversations with all sorts of people where we can deliberate and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but it's good because, um, at this point I'm kind of just like a recluse who orders Chipotle bowls and eats them <laughs> and, doesn't, and, and doesn't then, make you a bad person. And then sits on the couch and watches TV. So I appreciate you taking the time. It's super cold. Um, the audience doesn't know this, but I just left Reed outside freezing his ass off for like five <laughs> minutes. I thought he was like in his car and said he was by the door and, uh, so he he braved it and here he is. So thank you for that. Thanks for having me and leaving me in the cold. Oh, I'm my, just starting to get some you know blood moving through the system. My again. pleasure. So so this is good. It's a good way to start off. Um, uh, you told Marissa that you have a story for, uh, for our... what first what first drew me. To yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we could just start there. That's cool. Yeah, not before not we a forget. Am I allowed to to describe like? My, a little bit of my past, uh, of course. Uh, okay, yeah, I, as much of your past as you want. The deeper, I, the better. Uh, <laughs> we're going for we're going for listens here, take, man. Hold your breath because we are going to the bottom. Uh, you know, I, I have no problem um, explaining the fact that I am uh, I have three years clean off of drugs. Um, I use drugs for the better part of thirty eight years, and I was in a, a particular meeting one time. And I saw you walk in, and I was like, wow, look at that dude. He looks so familiar. And I figured it out. To me, you looked like an Ivy League Jason Newstead, the bass player from Metallica. You just seem like, you you know, you have the same kind of, like, after he got his haircut, of oh, course. Yeah, 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 and of course. I, was, I was like, you know what, I can get down with this guy. You know, because you kind of kept to yourself, and, um, and you just, you, when you did speak, it wasn't just something to me that was uh, thrown together or or phoned in. It, it was always something that was, it, it was where you were at the moment, and there was an honesty to it. And at the time, honesty for me was was more of manipulation because I didn't want anybody to know what I felt or the real me because I hated who I was. So thank you for being you. Oh, and, no problem, member of Metallica. Look at that. Well, here I am. Uh- I did. You want to know your description of me can be very, um, I would say most of the time is very accurate. It is most like, um, gatherings. I, I think I come off quiet. I'm very pensive. I evaluate like the room that I'm in and the people that I'm there with. And, uh, what's nice about like recovery meetings is, uh, I would be doing things. Uh, I was there for a purpose. I was taught to do that, right? Like I show up with a purpose. What is going on? Like make sure I was aware of what was going on before I, st- to the best of my ability, before I even stepped into the meeting. And then uh, how can I find some help while I was there? Um, 
and I would do this thing in meetings that I, to be honest, I miss, I don't do it as much on zoom, but I would uh, pull up recovery literature while I'm listening to people share. And I would search like keywords that they were sharing mm-hmm. and try and find um, things that like I could go back to when the meeting was so over. To, that's like, deep, why you were so quiet. Yeah. Deep dive into it. Cause like I, <laughs> I was focused. I was like taking the information like reads sharing about stuff and he would uh, mention some sort of emotion or feeling that's going on. And I would go into like some of our literature and I would do a word search for that emotion. And I would start like, Oh my God. Okay. Like this, that is, this is dialed how, in. I yeah. had no idea this that was is, going yeah, on. This is how it affects me. And then I would go home and I would write about it for a little bit, like in step work or just journaling or whatever. Cause like I wanted to, there's a, this like catchy little expression now where they say like, lean into discomfort mm-hmm. um which i get uh i think I, I just view it a little differently like i i want to value my discomfort okay um i don't i, I did not <laughs> <laughs> not most, at, not at first yeah yeah most people don't i mean I, I don't do this every day but um when i'm in like my healthiest place when bad things are happening or things that make me uncomfortable are happening like i I want to recognize what that feels like. I don't want to, I want to, I feel like that is what prevents me from going to this, um, like repeating bad behaviors. Sure. Is because when I'm feeling that way, I'm like, okay, like, like let's really identify it, know what's going on. Um, so there isn't a surprise the next time I'm in it. That's, I, I love hearing you say that. That was the exact opposite of me when I first went to a so-called meeting. You know, it was, I didn't want to do any of that, Mark. I want. I wanted to, the reason I was at the meeting was, you know, for me in particular was because for 38 years, I was just, you know, I was a mannequin. I presented an image to my family and, and to anybody that I was around to let them know that I had my shit together. And meanwhile, I was a complete disaster. And when I first came into these meetings, um, you know, for me, it was straight out of a rehab facility. And it was because I had a horrible experience, which I ended up in the hospital with and the whole nine yards. And so I took, I took a suggestion to go to a meeting. And when I got to that meeting, I legitimately circled back to the very thing that I was so comfortable with, which is a victim. I didn't want to, I wanted to tell people what happened to me from a a standpoint of pointing my finger at the world around me, because that's what made me who I was. I didn't want to be accountable. I didn't want to sit there and say, I'm exactly like any of you. I'm I'm an addict. I didn't want to do that. So, you know, I'm at that place now where I stopped pointing the finger. I'm at the place now where accountability is what saves my life where I don't have to portray anything because if you're liking me for the person that I was, which for me was complete bullshit and an utter lie and, and telling stories about other things that happened to me, but never telling you the part that I played in any of it. If you liked that part of me, then you didn't know who I was. And I didn't know who I was because it was, it was just bullshit. 
what happened along my particular journey is that I started to surround myself with people who had been through what I had been through and didn't apologize for it. And they got up and they told these unbelievable stories. And much like yourself, when, when you would speak, which is why I said you never phoned anything in. Now, I didn't know you when, you know, in the in your very beginning, but in my beginning. Oh, that was fun. We can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we got time. But but for me, seeing seeing uh, another man uh, not not afraid to say the things that you had said or other people, and, and many of whom you know, uh, would say things and I would be like, holy shit, like that, that happened to him. And he just said that in front of a room full of strangers. And I'm using my air bunnies because that's what these are um, for, for, for the crowd out there. By the yeah. way, hi, audience. I didn't, you know, Michelle said hi to the audience. I wanted to be the second one there to you say go, that. There you go. I and mean, Michelle is fantastic. So if we want to be like Michelle. Oh, uh, I'm going to have a shirt made up, you know, be, be more like Michelle. <laughs> we would um, all be better off, to be honest. But, but when, when, I, when I heard other people talking about stuff that they had done and be accountable for it. That is foreign to me. I, it, it just was. And I didn't speak a lot in the beginning. I took a lot in. I evaluated and assessed and I absolutely judged. I don't do that today. So you're better than me. I definitely judge. Um, when it comes to accountability, like what have you learned about personal accountability? What, the, what does it mean for you? Like what is, What's your driving force for maintaining it? Because I've heard different reasons okay. for, for maintaining personal accountability. Some people, it's like this intrinsic thing. For me, it wasn't, right? Like, I, I similar to you. Like, I, I wanted to blame everybody else for the position I was in. Um, but, uh, and I'll tell you my reasons. But I'm curious, what are what, what holds you personally accountable today? Pro- probably the the epitome of accountability is because I'm a dad and, and this will, this will always be tough for me to talk about, but it's, it's beautiful. And when I get emotional, I don't apologize for it. And and if I cry, those are beautiful tears that I've held back for far too long. Um, account, the hardest thing was because I lived a life of comparison. If somebody had something better than me, I couldn't be happy for them. I had to be jealous and and if and if somebody if a family member or a friend did something better to me i couldn't celebrate in their accomplishments i would just point fingers how come they're so good at it and not me and and there so i lived a life of resentment and and in doing that everything was everybody else's fault and when i learned about the freedom of accountability it was in it was in one of these meetings where I would come in and I would tell this story about what happened in my marriage, and it's a devastating story. So you could you could call a spectacular ending to my marriage. And what I would do is I would manipulate the story so that everybody who was listening felt bad for me, and they would hate the other person in the story because I'm good at that. What I didn't do was tell you what I did. I'm chuckling because I do that. Yeah, <laughs> certainly done the same. Well, thing. so I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you what I did, and and so now, now I have made myself look like a victim, a- and it started to bother me because I was lying, because I'm supposed to be working this program, which is supposed to be freeing me of all of these defects, and yet I'm clinging on to certain defects so hard that I'm getting up here and I'm standing in front of a room full of people and I'm just full of shit. 
and and I have a sponsor, and and I told this story to my sponsor, and I kind of and I told him everything, and when it was done, he said, "That's great. What did you do? What'd you do to her?" And my, I'm allowed to curse, right? Yeah. My response was, "Fuck, yeah. Fuck you!" <laughs> like, what do you mean, me? I'm I'm the victim here, and he called me out, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it because he was right, and that triggered that opened the dam. For all of these memories that came flooding in where I had made people feel horrible for stuff that they didn't deserve to feel horrible about. And I started to own my own shit. It is a quick path to to resentment, holding people accountable <laughs> to, uh, for their own behavior and their own circumstances. Yeah. I have learned that people are not necessarily... Uh, they don't take to that conversation. Not well. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, not well. Not well. Because I can be vicious. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm very good at, at cutting you to pieces with my words and walking away feeling like I had every right to do that until it happened to me. My uh, my sponsor taught me something like very early on. I try to remember it sometimes in the heat of battle. <laughs> but uh, those are good well, battles. Time, yeah. <laughs> Um, he said, um, there's no point in being brutally honest because honesty is brutal enough. Um, and it's, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let that one marinate. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) please do, please do. (laughs) (laughs) With, uh, with raspberry jam or Or, or blueberry, whatever, whatever. I appreciate the suggestion. (laughs) Um, and I think for me, what I've learned about personal accountability, um, is, there's no benefit uh, to avoiding it. Uh, like, I don't, there's nothing for me to gain by not. And I have everything to gain by accepting it. Um, I, I just, like, <clears throat> what avoiding it usually did, for me at least, was um, it, uh, it upheld that self pity that you talked about 100%. I would certainly and it's I'm still careful to this day that when I tell stories about like um relationships in my past or like the uh, women that I dated who whatever um and Marissa's friend brought this up on the podcast, Nikki. So please check that episode out if you're listening. Um, Is this Nikki the comedian? <laughs> Nikki's a comedian. It's a great, great yeah. one. So uh, Nikki said that, um, like, what our memories are aren't, like, what had happened. They're how we choose to remember how they happened. God, so true. Um, and so I'm very careful. Comedian and sage. And sage, right? Oh, it was beautiful. I love it. Um, and she, like... It, there's a measure of awareness that comes with doing that. So when I when I speak about that, like my past, I'm aware that I probably don't really know the details of events anymore. If it was like 10 years ago, like who am I at this point to really place any blame on another person? What I can do, though, is take ownership. Um, I, would, I would rather... Um, lean more heavily on accepting some blame um 
Like, I'd rather err on the side of, like, I was the shithead. <laughs> because, I mean, in all reality, like, of, all, probably the, were. Yeah, of all those people, <laughs> the only person to end up homeless and in rehabs was me. So, um, there's enough tangible evidence that says that there there is... Um, there's plenty of accountability in those stories for my behavior and why they were the way they were. Um, and now... Uh, I think I, I probably freak Marissa out a little bit sometimes <laughs> with it because, um, like, I'm so open to being But do, do you freak yourself out? No, 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 no. I've become real comfortable <laughs> with it. Uh, I, I'm real quick to take, uh, to take accountability for, for how I behave, whether that's with her or that's with work or whatever, um, where I'm just like, yeah, this is what I did. And you want to know how most people respond to uh, me taking a responsibility for my actions? With like, okay, cool. You know, yeah. no worries. Not we'll as bad better. as you thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not nearly as bad as you made and, yourself and out to be. And certainly not as bad as it can be if I let some lie perpetuate um, from from not taking on that <laughs> accountability. Like, yeah. you can really make things worse. It, it's a, Isn't that an amazing thing about the truth? It's a friend of mine said this the other day. It's stationary. The truth does not move. It's always right in front of me. It's me who tries to circumvent it or turn my back or run away or turn the light off. It, it doesn't leave. So eventually, I'm going to have to face it if I want to get past it. And I, I didn't want to do, do that. Do you find it fucked up that, like, I, I won't speak for you. I speak for me, right? I will jump through hoops. I will spend money. I will lose money. I will lie. I will do all sorts of things to avoid what I think is the discomfort of being honest. <laughs> yes. And all of those things feel way worse than whatever the discomfort of being honest is. I don't know why I, I run from it. So like, <laughs> like why that's my default state is like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, I got to be honest. No, 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 no. I would rather tear buildings down. <laughs> Than be honest in this moment. For some reason, I think that it's a better idea. I don't know what like we what need. Is we need to get you to do some, some memory work on that. It's uh, it can be a staggering experience. What is what is, what is memory work? It is. <laughs> this is hard because uh, you know I'm I am not a therapist and I'm not. I, this is the the only way I Wait, can. You're just, not a therapist. No. Oh, shit, this is that it? We, we, yeah. We're done here. That, <laughs> hey, thanks <Bye>. for listening. <laughs> um, What's your experience uh, with with it? My experience uh, has been unbelievable. You talked about going deep. I I am obviously a product of all of the decisions that I have made in my entire life, whether they were based in fear or anxiety, um, violence, uh, take your pick. The, the defects are, are endless. And going back, you know, I still do certain things, you know, before we started, we talked about that. I can put my, I can put myself in dangerous situations, which is another podcast, (laughs) but the, but there's a reason I do that. In my entire life, what I would do is I would just accept something or I would just brush it off and I would never look at the reasons why. I always, I knew what I did my entire life. I remember even throughout my mess of drug use, I still remember what I did. I didn't know why. And somebody suggested that you can talk to this person and go back 
and you can talk about these memories. What kind of person? You know, it sounds like a special <laughs> kind of person. You know, they, they are unbelievably special. What are they? What are they called? I call I call that <laughs> gender neutral pronouns. Uh, I call them amazing. That, you call them amazing. That's what this person is. This is a, like a spirituality thing. No, is this, this is this is someone hypnosis thing. No, to is tell you the truth, this is someone that I believe you actually know. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna leave that part there. Wow, you're really, really withholding from us here <laughs> on subject to revision. Mar- so it is gonna ask me su- subject gonna like, to revision. What, what is this? Is this like secret and, society? Well, <laughs> and and someone suggested that I I do some of this because okay. I wanted to know the why. I knew what the is, what. what. What's the process? Can you explain any of absolutely? Process? Okay. Um, I sit down and I go back to a memory, and normally. What for me, certain memories will trigger five, six, seven, eight, nine, many different memories. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example of one um, because I struggle in relationships. You know, I, I was married to a, uh, and divorced, and now we actually are amazing friends. I had an incredible girlfriend, incredible, and I blew that through addiction. And, um, and I wanted to know why because I think it's more than just the addiction of, of who I am and why I do what I do. And I can remember being on an incredible vacation in, uh, in Puerto Rico with some friends of mine. I was, I was probably, you know, early teens, uh, mid teens. And we were in a nightclub and, uh, and mid teens, like 15s. Yeah. 15, 16 was, it was, it was for uh, my friends. So it was like 1890. <laughs> just for reference. Okay. <laughs> At least maybe maybe the early 1900s, <laughs> and um, we were in this nightclub, and there were there were girls there, and we we met, and we were talking, and you know there was some kissing, and and oh we're gonna come to the hotel tomorrow, and we're gonna spend the day on the beach. Now, I'm, I'm with my friends' families. My family's not there, but there's you know their parents, and and um and my friends were laughing, and they're like, dude, there's no one's gonna show up tomorrow. I'm like, no. You don't understand. We had a connection. She's, you know, this is the one at at 15. And I blew off my guy friends all day. I was down in that lobby at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I didn't leave until like 10 o'clock at night. Never showed. Never, obviously. (laughs) I mean, the, the, and of course, I made myself the victim. But, but who, why did I do that? I'm on vacation with my best friends, and I blew them well, you off. You thought you found the one. Well, I did. If you believe in the one, I like. I like to think that, that she's. I still no think she shows up. <laughs> I still think she shows up at that hotel every day, waiting for me to come back. But <laughs> that, like, there's an, there's something wrong with that mentality. Sure. And 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 that's just a that's just the tip so of what the did, iceberg. So what what did you learn? I I learned that. Um, Again, I like put, what was fifteen-year-old Reed seeking in that scenario? Ex- exactly. Well, I know, I know that. I'm asking. <laughs> well, well, this is a, you know, a detailed-based conversation. It, here. It, it is, but this, but this is a pattern that I have brought forward mm-hmm. many, many sure. years in my life, where I have been in scenarios where I am with my great friends at an unbelievable thing, and I will bypass all of that. For a potential what a, a one night stand, no, or the, the one read? Yeah, the one. Well, <laughs> well, okay. Let me. I'll, the the I'll, one. The I'll, one I'll, is always just me. It's always one. There's never two. I, I'm I, never. <laughs> they never show up. Uh, so I'll just speak for myself when I I hear this stuff. 
It's so funny what like my fiance on the couch, like fifty feet away, but she's reading. But sure. Um I did this very unhealthy thing in my past where I felt like each every stranger was like an opportunity to meet that one. Yes. And I would invest emotionally so much in that concept. Like, I don't know if it was like to rescue me, to alleviate my fears of like abandonment or being alone or or whatever. That I mean, like Are you sure we're not brothers? <laughs> all I would need was like someone's a stranger's very momentary momentary affection. Yeah. To go. Well, think i found her yeah this is it right i matter now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um and it uh it required a lot of work to not go to that place um and for me i mean like what fucking 15 year old ident like what do parents have to teach their kids for them to identify self-worth as a 15 year old well but i didn't i didn't have that so i was looking for something to be it to 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 show me that I had value, yeah. and I think because like when I was younger, I was like I I just felt so lost. I didn't feel like there was a place for me to to fit in. What I've learned is that it's really easy for me to fit in basically anywhere. Like you can show me at a rehab in a week. Like um, I not to sound <laughs> you're, like you're running like, numbers. Yeah, not to sound like a prick, but um, or like uh, like an egomaniac, but like. Uh, if you put me uh, basically anywhere for a week, I have like built community around me. It's fine; It doesn't matter. I assimilate to the surroundings. I don't really care. I bring like what I am to that, um, and there are people that gravitate to that. Um, I didn't know that, so it felt odd and unfamiliar to not feel like there was a place where I belonged um, because I could find belonging anywhere. I thought for a while that it for me it was like some weird mask me fitting in thing i've learned otherwise it took time to learn that um, but what i've learned is that i'm good at making other people feel comfortable and that's why that happens but i i took it for granted i didn't even i wasn't even able to identify it so i would just keep abandoning each little group like yeah. no this isn't my place i guess and then i go off to the next <laughs> um feeling all sorts of fucked up i can i can really i can <laughs> absolutely relate to all of that i always felt I never wanted to stay in one place very long. Um, I, I loved going out to California. You know, when for my family business, we wouldn't really be very busy in the wintertime. And I had friends in California. I would go out there. I would get so emotional. Like, this is my home here on Long Island. I never want to be home. I, I love my family, but I have, would have no problem if I didn't do what I did for a living. I would just gallivant from San Francisco down to La Jolla, where my godfather, God rest his soul, lived. And I would just go up and down the PCH the entire time. And I was happy doing that. And if I met new people along the way, I thought that was great because I just, I, I don't know. I, I never felt like I belonged, but I never wanted to belong anywhere. Yeah, if that I don't, makes any sense. I think, part, like, for me, part of it is, like, the jack-of-all-trades master of one thing. Like, I don't have a niche. I don't need a niche. I'm cool making other people feel good about their niches. And if I walk into a group of people that all share the same niche, 
Like I can fit in in that. Now, do you niche. think that's people pleasing? No. Um, I think, and I don't think it's people pleasing because um, there there isn't like this thing about me that um, like I don't sacrifice my values to fit in. That's okay. The way that I am that makes that me makes just sense. being who I am, which is like this like quirky, weird dorky um disarming person that's like that's my default state that's just that like is but were you were you always that way mark like did you feel comfortable being all of those descriptions that you just gave of yourself no no because i I, I, I didn't no i wasn't comfortable uh, thinking that that was a qual like a quality for a person Mm -hmm. to have I thought it just meant that I was lost and I belonged nowhere. Okay. The ability to fit in anywhere made me feel like there was nowhere for me to belong. I can relate. Um, which is like, I, I mean, I guess it sounds like kind of oxymoronic, but that was like, it was. Unless you've been there. Yeah. It's the fact that it felt, it, it never really felt challenging to, to fit in um, made me feel that uh, like I was doing something wrong. Um, I, I always wanted to fit in in the beginning before I started this journey, but it was again it was always predicated on you know I would like your your shirt right now. I would legitimately find I every Marissa she got it for me uh, wonderful gift Marissa. Um, I would I would if I wanted to be your friend if, if, if you know prior to coming into mm-hmm. where we met yeah and I and I thought you know what that guy looks cool I, I want to be his friend I'd find everything out about that shirt and about you <laughs> even if I didn't like it because that's how I wanted to fit I in changed my myspace profile <laughs> you um, just dated yourself yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> what's a myspace but when I was in college I changed my myspace profile to have some song quotes that a girl that I liked had on hers so that I could tell her that we like the same song quotes. <laughs> and did it work? It did. <laughs> Wait, this isn't the, am I allowed to say the name of the, the girl that you handed the note to and then you ran? No, 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 I'm not. Um, I do. Yeah. A jo- a Joanna Capabianco doesn't know that she's no, 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 no. This was like, I was probably I like at this point, I was probably like 24 four or something i was finishing up my degree at suffolk in there uh, and i liked this girl in one of my classes and so like i myspace stalked her on the internet and i found and i found her profile and uh, and i saw things that she was into and i was like i, won't, I wasn't into now any i'm that into shit. them yeah, yeah, yeah so i changed We're my profile to, to like resemble hers and then i reached out to her like then i sent her a message oh hey her. look yeah we- i just noticed you and i like the how same weird stuff. is that we should probably hook up yeah I would, I, I, I would never have done something like that. <laughs> so I, so I know what people pleasing. I know, like when you say people pleasing to me, it's like when I first got clean, um, and like after meetings, people would be talking about like movies or something, and I would pretend that I had seen them. <laughs> like to me, like like just to fit. In. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, um, yeah. that I had. Um, when I, when I was like younger, my teens, um, probably into college. Um, there wasn't that much of that. I really lost myself. Like, like, like really, really lost myself. Like I was always on like the precipice 
of like something's wrong. Like people would see me the way I see other people now. Like you talked about judging. Like, I still fucking judge people. It's impossible I, not to. Yeah, and I I'm, so it's just I'm not, what I'm, I choose to do with I'm it. I'm not I, I don't condemn people, but I, I certainly judge them. Um I'm getting there. <laughs> uh so like I see people sometimes and I'm like like that person's just they're kind of fucking nuts. Like they seem really nice, but they're kind of fucking crazy. And I was the kind of fucking crazy person. I think to some people, I probably still am, but I have like, but I'm okay acknowledging it. I accept it. I know I'm not, it's not like I'm not aware of it. I'm very aware of what my crazy is. Um, I continue to work on my crazy, but there's some parts of my crazy that I enjoy they're part of my charm. They're part of who I am. Um, and I don't want to lose them. So I'm okay. But I, like, I see other people. I'm like, <laughs> they are of, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I do. I do. I say yeah. that. Marissa and I probably had so many conversations right here where I'm like, that person is so fucked up. Yeah. Like, let me tell that you shit. from a person who comes from a lineage of fuck up in this, <laughs> that person is, fu- is you fucked should up. really map that, uh, map that tree out. I'd like to see it. <laughs> Oh, we can compare. I'm, I'm just survived. Like I'm, I'm just surprised that my, like the bloodline of my families have made it to me. Like it's, a, it's, it's a, like the my my, my bloodline like, what, is what, what what sort of weird fucking lotto um for us <laughs> to make it this far. lotto. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, so yeah, like I. I know that like people pleasing thing. I I know what like it feels like and what it looks like. I also know that there's a difference in my capacity to make people feel comfortable, to make people laugh, to uh, to disarm people, to let them know that like um, I'm not gonna harm them. Yep. Uh, it's like feel more free to be yourself. I don't need some posture. Like any posturing going on, um, I am I am a place where you can just be you, yep. and like there's judgment, but there isn't condemnation that comes from it, and we can have some fun with it because like I'm gonna judge myself the same at the same time. Took a right? long time to get there. <clears throat> yeah. for, for me, I, I I agree with you. Yeah, I I lost myself like in my when I was like 22 to 31. I just. You're over 31? I'm almost 40. <laughs> F you. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'll take that as a compliment. But uh, so when I was like in that space, yeah, I, 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 like I used those skills for evil. And like the evil was like regimented against me. It wasn't. And like I, I wasn't that much harm against other people, like uh, relative to how much harm I was causing myself, but but because I felt lost, like I knew I knew how to use that disarming thing, that a welcoming that like that piece of me to manipulate people. I knew how to utilize it yep. that way, and I did. Um, I'm very. Uh, a, proactive in not engaging in that behavior anymore and that's what recovery has brought me it's like the ability to identify something that's uh like a wart i mean you call it a character defect whatever you want to do a defective part of my character right um but understand that it's a part of my character and learn and learn how to 
like utilize it um, in a positive and loving way. And that's, I, I would say more than anything, that's what I recovery. do now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like that, and that's a gift of learning and being more comfortable in myself. I don't lie about seeing the movie anymore. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, like, to I make yourself sound better. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I'm, I'm much more comfortable just being like, have not seen that sounds terrific. I'll go check it out. Maybe. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the suggestion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I come, I completely get all that. I, I came in hot, and I, I was uh, I was a taxi for meetings because I just wanted you to like me because I still hated sure. still hated me myself. Too. Same thing. I had a car. Yeah, nowhere to live. Yeah. But I'll but I'll I'll drive to Queens and take you to a meeting in Riverhead because I I am that guy. I just need you to like me, yeah. and instead of just saying, "Hey, I can't do it," and that's okay. Are you okay with people not liking you now? Now I am. Me I too. What a freeing thing. Hated it. <laughs> hated it before i needed everybody to like me which is really how i i decimated myself because i just you know saying no wasn't okay how did you get past that like what was what was your journey with that because i think that's probably a personal forgiveness thing you it's an a- enor- enormous because i it well again it goes back to accountability mark and and learning to for i learned to forgive myself for the disease that I have. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault. My responsibility is on my recovery. And part of my recovery is accepting who I am and not hating it. And it took a really long time. You know, um, there's a lot of aspects to my story that, that you know, I, whatever, it, it is what it is, molested and, and beaten up real bad. The, the, the list of moments in my life... Um, that I hated my that I blamed myself for, which none of which were my fault, but I I I carried that that shame or guilt, you know, which is such a to me such a misused word word, especially in in regards to how I I visualize myself. I'm not guilty of being an addict, or I'm not guilty of what happened to me in my early teens mm-hmm. by another human. No, I'm not guilty of any of it. You know, it's what it is is a regret or a, a resentment. Or shame, which I have learned to overcome. So to answer your question in, in long form, I had to learn I had to learn how to trust people, especially men, because I had an issue with it. Sure. I always did because of comparison and because of what happened. And 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 one of the things that I read, trust comes from discernment. So I'm willing to trust everybody. I will I will put myself out there. But when you burn me, what I used to do is accept it because I just didn't want to lose you as someone who liked me. Now I don't necessarily have to hate you because hate is, it's, it's a waste of my time and energy to put that into somebody. Sure. What, what I do now is I love you from afar. If you're not, if you're not elevating my recovery, that's okay. I will heel toe it out of your life and I will shout out, a megaphone and love you. Hope you're good. Hope you find what you're looking for, but it's not me. And and I surround myself with people who support that. But it took a long time to get there because I just hated myself. Have you been able to like identify like core values for you? Like things that you have identified as like, this is me. This is what I represent. This is, these are things that are just like innate to how I feel and how I view the world. So as long as... <clears throat> 
my actions represent my values, mm-hmm. I'm okay with how the world responds to now my I am. actions. Yes. Okay. Now now I am. That was a big, like... Uh, it's a hurdle. Uh, yeah. It's a oh, fucking no, it's mountain. A, it's huge. It's <laughs> like, what... I, I talk about it so freely now, but being able to identify what I believe in and have the integrity to stand behind those things is very freeing, but so like, it's not easy. I talk about it. Um, like it is easy that it's an easy path there, but it's not because what, what comes with that is rejection from others, um, missed opportunities, um, all, all sorts of things. And I have to be like very careful in, uh, in choosing, what is real like what is really important in that moment and for me i've just determined simple things i have some core values mm-hmm. i'm going to stand behind them come hell or high water and if other people don't align with them that's okay i won't bring you harm and i'm okay with you not liking me for me that's that's the hit for me being able to stand up for what i believe in and not coming across across as arrogant or elitist or the fact that my beliefs are better than yours because that's what i would do if you if you weren't on my side of thinking i would verbally dismantle you out of my own insecurities because i didn't want you to confront me or to take me to task mm-hmm. i don't do that anymore what i have learned is to believe in who i am and have an open heart and an open mind to somebody who doesn't think the way that I do. And I don't have to like how I don't let the, well, it's a two way. I don't want to say a two way door. It's an open doorway. If you want to compartmentalize it, you know, I'm in here. It, it would be to me, it would be, it would stunt my growth. If I don't listen to the thoughts and feelings of another human being, whether or not I like them, is irrelevant. I have to be open hearted because I might learn something. Sure. And if I don't, that's okay. And I don't necessarily have to be that person's enemy. They're just telling me how they feel. They're just telling me what's important to them. I wasn't that guy. I was the guy that would take all that in. And the second you turned your back, I would throw a hundred daggers and I would talk so much shit. And that's not a good look for me. But I was that guy. Sure. I don't do that anymore. If I welcome an open dialogue, some people don't want to have those discussions and, and that's okay too. But when somebody shows me their true colors, it's not my job to repaint them. I just listen. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I don't, I try, I try to keep animosity out of it. A lot for me, there's a lot of freedom in what you just said. Really? It's, Really difficult to get to that space. Hundred percent. And I'm glad that you brought up like the second half of it because I, I certainly don't speak enough for it um, myself. And that is like it's a me living within my values and having the integrity to do so. Um, but me allowing others to do the same, um, which it's it's t- it's a it can feel like I'm it feels Being like. <laughs> Sure, it feels all sorts of shit. It feel it it feels uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it it is the thing that I want from them. So, like, if I want it, I need to be willing to offer that you, the same. You spoke about this. I think it was with uh, with Drew. Um, you you were talking about it, it, Drew or Michelle or Nikki. I apologize. I can't remember. <laughs> 
But you were no, you were you were talking about a scenario where you would react in a certain way, and I'm extremely similar. I don't do that now. I it, the pause you were talk you were talking about. I interpreted it as a pause, and in that pause is where your I'll speak for myself where my recovery lies mm-hmm. because if I stop, sure. if I stop long enough and practice what I've read and what I've heard and how I want to live my life within that pause, I can find the spirituality I need to listen to another human being where normally I would have told you to go fuck yourself. And I don't do that anymore. Granted there, there are times I'll still throw, <laughs> I'll, yeah, throw I'll throw that out there. I'm human. Well, yeah. But but in a, in a dialogue about something really serious that's going on in the world today, and pick your topic, I'm <laughs> I'm down for it. I don't have to like everybody's response, but what I do have to like is the opportunity to give somebody their own voice. Because if I found if I found my own voice, I don't have to be a dick about it. Uh, what I have to be is read. And, yeah. and I and I kind of like who I've, I am. I've heard it referred to as like the difference between being right and being self-righteous, right? Like I don't uh, like it. I, while I may feel compelled, there like there's very little value in me suppressing your voice and forcing you um, to not listen to what I'm sharing. I think it's important that like my listener is receptive. Um, but I'm uh, to force you to believe the same. Yeah, is very is well, like those you're... are not the the same things. They're not. It's not the same for um to ask someone to allow to allow me to share with them my thoughts and for them to listen to it. Um, at, than it is to like reject it or like one of us try to force each other to understand something that may just not resonate with us. Yeah, it's it's you know my on my on my godfather's um I don't know what you call mass card. Mm-hmm. There's a quote from his mother that said, you know, every single human being is a story. They're a living story. And those stories are beautiful. So if you really want to hear a beautiful story, let somebody tell it. And if you're talking, you're not listening. Yeah. And, and if you're if you're talking in your fucking head <laughs> While somebody yeah. is also speaking, you're not. You're listen- still not listening. Yeah. See, uh, this is like a new skill that I'm working on, getting better at it. But um, being able to identify, right? Like we talked, we talked about memories and like mm-hmm. the root of things. I stop listening when Reed is speaking to me because I overvalue. Um, the importance of a clever or witty response. So when I understand that that doesn't have nearly as much value (laughs) as I put that, that I believe that it does like uh, a perfectly okay response to someone is, Oh, okay. I'm going to think about that more. Just that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and sometimes probably more often than not, that's all, a person who's speaking to me is hoping to get out of me. Yeah. They're not speaking to me <laughs> to ask me for my worldly views and opinions mm-hmm. on their fucking life or their perspectives. They're asking me to just listen. Just listen. To just listen. That is so... I can't wait to listen I back to that because the I, way you just worded that, I hate stroking your ego right now, <laughs> but that that really is... It's profound. It really is. I've done that, Mark. I've sat there... 
during shares and thought, I need to come back with something so... Meanwhile, how arrogant is that of me? That I'm there to save my life because, you know, I will speak for myself, it's not a fucking game. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was until I almost punched my own ticket. But that was... You please, you gotta you gotta throw that one out there That's somewhere. Right. That was. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it's recorded. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We're good. It's right here. Yeah. Um. But it it's just it's so important, and I've learned that it's very calming to just be a listener. Um, it feels nice. Uh, to just say okay, and the the thing that got me to to start this path is really recent. It's a couple of months. Um, and it's hosting this because somebody gave me feedback about like our conversation on the podcast. Did while, you like it at first? While was it, it was good happy. feedback? No, I fucking hated it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did. I didn't want to hear it, but they, um, they were very accurate. Um, which is why you hated it. Yeah. And so once I took some time to let it just like, like seep in, I went, this is how I am, not just on a podcast, but I'm on it on everything. I am so excited to share my thoughts on the lives of others. It's a little disgusting. <laughs> we would all benefit from, ju- from me, just me, like fu- you do whatever the fuck you want, from just me being a better listener. And by that, I mean actually listening. You mean the world the world would be better <laughs> not just you if the world listened to each other just a little more there's i watched the so i have like this man crush on elon musk um <laughs> i really want a tesla one day uh, we're working on it come on listeners uh, <laughs> and advertisers all those things come on hook me up uh shameless plug <laughs> but he, when he is on a podcast and somebody asks him a question so they give him context and they ask him a question. There's always like a two or three second delay. It's a pause. And he's just taking it in. He's listening. And that's when he's taking his time to respond. Whereas if they asked it to me, four words into their 40 word thing. <laughs> you have it. I'm already putting it together. <laughs> like I'm just, I'm prepping. What a gift. The whole time. And... Like why? 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 Because I I'm not I'm not comfortable just like not sharing my thought. Like my thought has so much fucking value inherently You're that the everybody Dalai needs Lama to hear of it. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish <laughs> it's probably got more subscribers than I do too. But we're <laughs> we're getting there. Um, so yeah, these are like important tools um, for me and just like learning how to be. I used to think it was like a better adult or maybe a better partner, but it's really just like being a better human being. Hundred um, percent. And I, I never realized how much I admired these things in other people. But when I pick out the people that I do admire, like in my real life, sorry, sorry, Elon, but like, like the 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 mentors and the people who have like really touched my life on on a personal level, it's because they're good at that. They're already doing it. I just didn't realize it. I get so excited to share how I'm feeling and have conversation that I may as well do this thing, this podcast where the guest is me. <laughs> and I don't want I'd, that. I'd probably listen for one, 
one session, but I, I don't know if I'd sign no, up for no. two. I, I set it up so that way we could have dialogue. That different people from different walks of life, recovery, not recovery, uh, people of color, women, men, uh, gay, straight. I don't care. I just wanted um, like a, a greater and grander perspective on people's experiences. So if I want that, if I genuinely want that, I have to shut the fuck up sometimes and yeah. let them tell their story. Yeah. Um, so that's probably why meetings have been good for me because like I'm not allowed to speak while they're doing their <laughs> you thing. You get muted. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this has been like ca- like cathartic and um, eye-opening to me and I'm, I'm just working on it. It's not easy because uh, I'm so used to being a certain way. It shouldn't be easy. Easy breeds complacency and that... I don't know about you, but complacency fucks me up. Yeah, complacency certainly fucks me up, but I'm okay with it for like a few week stretches here and there. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't bode well for me. Um, I think it's, I don't want to get like too deep on complacency, but um, I compartmentalize my complacency. So like professionally, sometimes I'm complacent, but like my recovery's roaring. Sometimes my recovery, I'm a little complacent. But I'm putting a lot of effort into my relationship. Like I, it's hard to have like pedal to the metal in all areas of my life all the time. But you're you're more aware now. Sure, and I and I make those decisions a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marissa and I will literally have conversations where I'm like, "Hey, I'm not focusing on career now. It's just not that. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take it easy." She just gave you the finger behind your back. <laughs> That's it. Where's that ring? I want it back. That's a down payment on my Tesla. You hear that, Elon? I'm coming, baby. <laughs> uh, eventually, that's going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> but keep going, keep going. Oh, so I don't even know what the hell I was saying. Oh, complacency. So I just, I have beaten myself up for identify, uh, for thinking that what I've identified is complacency, and it's not. I have just put my resources somewhere else. And if I'm doing that in a healthy way, here's the greatest thing about recovery for me. Mm-hmm. People talk about being complacent in recovery. You and I had a had dialogue about it, right? Sure. For me, recovery, NA, all that stuff. Fundamentally part of who I am. So maybe when my meeting attendance slips, but I'm starting up a podcast where people can share their stories still rooted in recovery mm-hmm. when um, maybe I don't call my sponsor as much, but I start doing yoga every day and, and, and praying and doing things still part of my recovery. There are too many times I've deluded myself into believing that I'm not focusing on this thing about recovery. But the first thing that I learned in recovery from my sponsor, first thing he's very adamant about it is that there is no difference between life and recovery so as long as uh, my my lens that i am seeing my world continues to be through the lens of recovery and what i've learned in recovery then to me i'm not being complacent it may not seem as tangibly obvious that i'm focusing on recovery but to who it doesn't matter as long yeah. as as long as you have yeah. that that's all ultimately like, what matters. maybe sometimes I don't know. I don't know about it uh, intimately enough. Um, 
give yourself a different perspective on what your complacency really is. Because sometimes a break from the things that we think, which is like meetings and contact and set work and all that stuff, feels complacent. But it's really a good opportunity for uh, putting Balance. action in other areas of your life, yeah. applying the things that we learn. Like I wrote set work every day for like four years. The last two, I have not. Doesn't mean I haven't done it, but to the but degree that also that doesn't I was mean doing, you're not living in recovery. No, and I I want it to be, I want to be clear with myself about that because then I'll I'll start taking out the bat like, hey, you're not doing enough, you're not good at like you're not you're not doing this thing, your world's gonna fall apart. No, 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 no. because every time Marissa and I have a conversation where we have different perspectives and we're able to communicate in a healthy way. We're able to do that because I'm speaking to her through the lens that recovery has yeah. provided You've, me. You're, you found balance. Yeah. And so, like, I don't, I don't like to ignore how I'm applying the things that I've learned in my life. Yeah, I've absolutely, I can completely relate to that. Like, we were speaking before we, we started this interview. Um, Ooh, interview. Well, okay, <laughs> this podcast. Podcast. Um, and we'll wrap up my, after my, this because we're at an hour. We did good, by the way. Um. We did do good. Yeah, yeah. this was fun. Yeah, yes. Um, but just to, to echo the sentiment, um, I thought that I was being complacent because, uh, like I had mentioned, for a few months in the few months ago, I didn't want to participate. I was doing a ton of memory work. I was make, calling my sponsor. I was doing everything that I was supposed to do, but I just felt I got tired of certain meetings. I got tired of certain stories, and it was just to me, almost becoming redundant. And I had, I have read our basic text cover to cover. I absolutely have. And I felt like I started to maybe have a sense of arrogance. Like, okay, I've already read this. And really what I was doing was I was reading it and I just stopped applying it. And I was doing, I'm doing well at work. And my relationship with my daughters has never been better. Uh, my relationship with Yvonne who was the woman I was married to, and I used to I used to say just awful names. Not let me take that back. Not necessarily awful, but I wouldn't give her the recognition she deserves. And, and so now I refer to her by her name. Our relationship is great. I love her new husband. He is a great guy, and legitimately, she traded up. So <laughs> nice work. You, you did well. Um, but the, but these are but to echo, to echo the but just to again. These are the gifts that I was taking for granted. Like, I am doing okay. And, and just because I may have not necessarily veered out of my lane, what I am doing is I'm finding balance in recovery and outside of recovery, which can sometimes really be a daunting task. Sure. But because of the work that I do, like you said, I put down the bat. I don't know if I would pick up the feather, but... and. There are people who understand what that means. It's there's no sexual connotation there, as far as you know. Um, but that that is that is that is the balance that that I've found. So I'm not necessarily complacent, and I don't beat myself up for it. I'm actually doing really well. I mean, you seem fine. You survived the pandemic just about, right? As far as you know. As far as I know. Yeah, you might want to wipe this microphone. I am. I am. Before we're going to decovid this place like hard body. It's going <laughs> to. <laughs> these things are necessary um reed thank you so much man for uh 
for joining me tonight. Thank you Join for the having the audience. I'll let you know about all 20 people who listen. Thank you guys. You're we welcome. Love you. If you You're just fantastic. forward your addresses, I'll write you thank you cards. Maybe put a dollar in the envelope well, too. That's it. A dollar? Wow, what a guy. See, see, there you go. It's like donations. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this has been a lot of fun. It was good to see you. It's been it's a, it's great been to a see minute. You too. Um, so uh, I'm certainly happy about that. And uh, yeah, we'll do this again. Anytime. Just right. ask. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Subject to Revision podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and numerous other platforms. We plan on releasing one episode per week. If you have any suggestions or questions about our podcast, please email us at subjecttorevision2020 at gmail.com. We look forward to your continued support.